months ago in my quiet time, God gave me a message, but not a time to preach it. And this morning in my quiet time, he said, today's the day. So, uh, uh, so we are not doing what we had originally planned to do. But uh, I want you to turn with me, if you will, to Jonah chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2 and verse 1. And we're going to go to some various different scriptures, but uh, this will be our main text. Um, when you go to the doctor, you want the doctor to be able to recognize if you're seriously sick, right? You've got a cancer tumor, you want him to be able to determine it. Uh, and know what it is so that it can be removed or you can get whatever treatment it is that you need. Uh, in the same way, we need to be able to evaluate ourselves, spiritually speaking. And uh, pr primarily today I want to talk to God's people and how we evaluate ourselves, but it is also true if you're lost here today, if you don't know Christ, you need to evaluate your condition as well. Because uh, it is true, the scripture says, he who has the Son has life, he who does not have the Son of God does not have life, and the wrath of God remains on him. But today, we're not going to be talking about the wrath of God upon those who are lost. We're going to be talking about the discipline of God for those who are his. And we need to be able to recognize when God disciplines us in our lives, right? If God's disciplining me, I don't want to continue to go through that discipline. I want to recognize it so that I can confess my sin to God. I can repent of it. I can once again get on the right path. David said in Psalm 23, he said, Lord, your rod and your staff comfort me. One of the things a shepherd would do is he would take the implements that he used and he would tap upon that sheep to get that sheep back up on the right path so that he could lay down in green pastures, uh, so that he could, he could be by the still waters. The only way for him to get to those places of blessing was for him to be on the right path. God um, is merciful, but he is also consistent in giving discipline when his children go consistently astray. Uh, he will do that because he loves us. Now, the scripture we're going to look at initially here today is the scripture in Jonah. And I use Jonah. He's one of my favorite prophets just because he kind of has a bad attitude and he does the wrong thing most of the time. And it makes me feel better about myself. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, uh, Jonah is actually under the discipline of God. God has told him, uh, Jonah, you're to go to Nineveh. And you're to tell my people in Nineveh, you're to tell the people of Nineveh to repent so that their city is not destroyed. And so Jonah, because he didn't like the people of Nineveh, matter of fact, he hated them. He wanted them to be judged. He decided he was going to go the opposite direction. And so he got a ship sailing to Tarshish. Along the way to Tarshish, God sent a storm, and the storm was pretty bad. But Jonah's asleep in the bottom of the boat. He's completely oblivious to what's going on. And finally, somebody comes and, and finds him and wakes him up and says, Hey, pray to your God. We're in this storm. This is a desperate situation. And so Jonah gets up, and, uh, and, and he realizes that the reason they're in the storm is because of him, that this storm came from God. And so he says, Hey, listen, the reason is me. 
if you'll just throw me overboard, uh, your, your, your problems will cease. And so Jonah knew he was being disciplined. They didn't want to do that, so they, they continued to throw cargo off. And finally, they, they'd done everything they could do, and the storm just kept getting worse. So finally, they chucked Jonah over. And I love these words, and God appointed a fish. <laughs> How would you like to be the appointed fish of God? And uh, anyway, uh, God appoints this fish. This fish comes and swallows Jonah, and Jonah stays in the belly of the fish for three days. Uh, some people have scoffed at this, but uh, there have actually been documented cases of people surviving in a fish for several days. But even if there weren't, I serve a God who can raise the dead. Keeping Jonah alive for a few days in a fish is no big deal for God. So, so God, God has Jonah in this fish, and it's smelly, and it's difficult, uh, and, but Jonah's stubborn, and he doesn't want to go. And, and so he is just, he's got it, I guess he's got his jaw stuck out, and he's, you know, I'm not going to go. Finally, three days pass. The water is up to Jonah's neck. The seaweed is wrapped around him. And finally, he calls out upon the Lord and repents. And the fish threw him up on the beach. Guess where? Across from Nineveh. <laughs> and, no, and Jonah then goes, and he's reluctantly, but he goes and he is obedient to God, and God brings a big revival. But this scripture we're going to look at is actually detailing this time that Jonah spent in the fish. So um, we need to recognize God's discipline so that we will be motivated to confess our sin, repent, and return to a right relationship with God. So look with me at verse 1 of Jonah chapter 2. Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish. I called to the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. Aren't you glad that God answers me and answers you when we've been disciplined? I cried out for help from the deep inside Sheol, and you heard my voice. You threw me into the depths, into the heart of the sea, and the current overcame me. All your breakers and your billows swept over me. But I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. The water engulfed me up to the neck. The watery depths overcame me. The seaweed was wrapped around my head. I sank to the foundations of the mountains. The earth's gates shut behind me forever. Then you raised my life from the pit, O Lord my God. As my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you, to your holy temple. Those who cherish worthless idols abandon their faithful love. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Then, that word is very important. Then, the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. So recognizing God's discipline. How do you recognize God's discipline? Well, there's... We're going, to, we're going to go to some different, I'm not going to actually turn there. I've got them written down here. If you want to turn there, that's fine. Or you can just listen. Um, we're going to look at several examples of God's discipline. But before we do, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about sin. Because what, why does God discipline us? He disciplines us for sin, right? 
So we need to understand what sin is. And most of us understand um, uh, the things like uh, breaking the Ten Commandments, you know, adultery and murder and things like that. Uh, sins of speech, uh, that is gossip or slander and things like that. Uh, sins of attitude uh, can be like an ungrateful spirit, the Israelites grumbling against God. Uh, God, uh, the Bible says that, that God uh, became frustrated with them uh, in the wilderness because of their grumbling, uh, ungrateful spirit. Uh, and so uh, then there are also sins of omission, sins that we, things that we should do that we don't do, okay? And so um, uh, these things can, they can be a host of things, but uh, it may be doing good to somebody who's in need. Okay, that God lays upon our heart, you know, give something to this person or serve this person in some way, and we don't do it. That's a sin of omission. Uh, what about coming to church? You're here today. Praise God for that. Uh, one scripture says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. So God could discipline us if we have a persistent absence from the church of God. Um, another thing could be, what about t- uh, talking to people about Jesus? Uh, that could be something that we could be disciplined for if we refuse to do that. So um, you can probably think of other examples, but that kind of gives you an idea. But here's the great thing about the Holy Spirit. If you ask him, if you think there's something wrong and you ask him, he'll tell you. <laughs> Isn't that a great thing? Uh, there has never been a time when I have sinned against God and I've come to God and said, Lord, I think there's something wrong that you haven't told me. One time, it took me about an hour to confess all the stuff that was wrong in my life. I was like, man, I had no idea. But God showed me these things. And so you can rely on the Holy Spirit. If something seems off or you think you might be under discipline, you can ask the Holy Spirit. If there is something wrong, he'll tell you. He won't leave you in suspense. Now, we also need to say this. Sometimes people who are God's people, who are righteous, who are in a right standing with God, suffer, and it's not because of discipline. Okay, so we need to acknowledge that. Job was one of those cases. Okay, He suffered a great deal in his life, but it was not because of his sin. But the Bible says he was a righteous man. So sometimes Christians suffer. Many are the troubles of the righteous, the Scripture says, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. So <clears throat> trouble doesn't necessarily mean God's disciplining you, but you ought to have your antenna up. Okay? So let's look at some of these examples of, so we can recognize God's discipline when it comes. Uh, first of all, in Psalm 106, 13 through 15, the scripture says, and he's speaking about the Israelites when they asked for quail. You remember they asked for meat. You know, we, we, we're, we're sick to death of this manna, you know, uh, and they asked for meat. He gave them what they asked, but sent a leanness to their soul okay so leanness of heart so how do you recognize God's discipline look for leanness of heart he sent a lean what is it what is it to be lean in your heart it means that you have no joy you're a Christian without joy because you're not in right standing with God uh, Isaiah 57 21 says there is no peace says my God for the wicked so, so uh, if you're sinning against God, if you're his child, you're not going to have peace. Your, your peace is going to be gone. Your joy is going to be gone. The blessings of the abundant life will not be evident in your life because of the discipline. 
Um, when the Israelites forgot the Lord and wouldn't listen to them, they focused on their craving rather than upon Him. They put what they wanted before what God wanted in their lives, and God gave them what they wanted, but He sent leanness to their souls. So that's the first evidence of discipline. By the way, this is the one that I probably experienced the most. Okay, Hopefully, we listen to God when the leanness of soul comes so that God doesn't have to turn up the heat, right? What did God do with Jonah? He sent a storm. Nobody was listening, so the storm continued to get worse until they did listen. Okay, that's what God does. The discipline starts, and then it increases. So, leanness of heart. So, uh, recognizing God's discipline. How do you recognize God's discipline? Look for leanness of heart. Secondly, look for physical sickness. Physical sickness. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, Physical sickness is God's discipline. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 30. They were desecrating the Lord's Supper. They used to eat, a, back in those days, they would eat a big feast, and then they would celebrate the Lord's Supper. And what was happening was the rich people who didn't have to work were coming and eating all the food before the poor people got there. Isn't that good Christian brotherly love? And, uh, and then the poor people who really needed the food to begin with uh, didn't get any. And they were dishonoring the celebration of the Lord's Supper. And it was a very serious thing to God. And so Paul says, because of this, many of you are weak and sickly and many sleep. So God had, there was sickness that had come to some of them. And some of them God had just taken out of the body. He'd taken them to heaven. Why? Because... Their sin in the body of Christ was quenching the Spirit of God. And God said, I, I'm just going to take this person home. So, physical sickness can be evidence of God's discipline. So, if you think that's the case, you ask God. The Holy Spirit will tell you if there's a problem. If not, consider this not, it's not a sin issue. It's, it's a, a suffering for some other reason, and God will use it for a good purpose. So, uh, recognizing God's discipline. How do you recognize God's discipline? Look for leanness of heart. Look for physical sickness. Thirdly, look for financial struggle. Uh, Haggai 1 verse 6 says this. He who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Isn't that a picturesque thing? <laughs> so I'm earning money, I'm getting my paycheck, I'm sticking it into a bag, and it's going right out the bottom. It's as though I never got it. Why? Because the discipline of God was upon me. And God said, look, he said, you're not tithing. You're not bringing the offerings to the temple. And my house is in desolation. My house is a ruin. And you're living in these really nice, posh, paneled houses. He says, do the math. You had much, now you have little. Think about it. Consider, you're putting your money into a bag with holes. Why? Because the discipline of the Lord is upon your life. So financial struggles, not always, but sometimes, can be God's discipline. Recognizing God's discipline. How do you recognize God's discipline? Look for leanness of heart. Look for physical sickness. Look for financial struggles. Look for lost blessings. Lost blessings. 1 Kings 11.11 11 says this, Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, 
Since this has been your practice and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes that I've commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you and will give it to your servant. So uh, what happened in Solomon's life? Solomon started well. His heart drifted from God. He married four women who were idolaters. He began to participate in idolatry and in the wicked practices of these false religions. And God says, listen, I'm going to tear the kingdom from you and give it to your servant. Indeed, that's what's happening. He said, it's not going to be during your lifetime because of my servant David. Solomon dies and Rehoboam uh, loses all but a couple of tribes to Jeroboam. And the northern kingdom of Israel begins and the southern kingdom, that is the kingdom of Judah, that Solomon rules from, only had those two, those two tribes. So um, lost blessings. So you begin to lose things that you had been blessed with before. This can be the discipline of God. Okay? Uh, not always, but sometimes it is. <clears throat> sometimes it can be because of persecution. If you read the book of Hebrews, you see that. All right, so recognizing God's discipline, how do you recognize it? Look for leanness of heart, physical sickness, financial struggles, lost blessing, relationship problems. Here's another one, relationship problems. Uh, 1 Kings eleven fourteen, And the Lord raised up an adversary against Solomon, Hadad the Edomite. By the way, Hadad wasn't the only one God raised up. There were several God raised up against Solomon who began to, to fight against Israel. Solomon had, had had a kingdom of peace, but now God has raised up these adversaries as a discipline against him. Proverbs 16, 7 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And that's a general statement, but it, it just basically means that most of the time, if you're serving God, that you, God can even help you get along with your enemies. Now, sometimes there's persecution and so forth, but, but uh, this is just a general statement. But look at verse, uh, 1 Samuel 25, 17. It says, Now, therefore, know this and consider what you should do, for harm is determined against our master and against all his house, for he is such a worthless man that no one can speak to him. This is actually talking about Nabal. This is a servant giving a message to Abigail, who was uh, Nabal's wife, and saying, look, our master has done something really, really stupid. And he has offended David, and he's refused to pay David and his men for guarding his land. And they're coming. And you better do something quick, <laughs> you know, because it's about to get really ugly. And she does. And she goes out, and she brings gifts to them and, and uh, encourages them not to destroy Nabal. But you know what the scripture says? Nabal was partying and making merry in his house, and God struck him dead. His heart stopped, and he fell to the ground dead. So relationship problems, there's a spectrum there. Uh, with Solomon, he brought some, some relationship issues uh, to his life to, as a headache for him. But with Nabal, uh, there, was a, there was a very great danger to him because of his wickedness. And he probably didn't even know the Lord, but, uh, but this, this came upon him. And so relationship problems can happen due to the discipline of God. I believe sometimes marital problems can be part of the discipline of God. Uh, problems with kids, 
Listen, what, what does God have to do to get our attention? Sometimes the people that we care about the most, if he's tried everything else to get our attention, he'll allow some difficulty in, in those relationships. Um, <laughs> Absalom was, was David's son, and he had been banished for killing his brother Abner, and uh, finally sends a message and asks that he be allowed to return to the land of Israel, and David allows him to return. Uh, but David won't let him come into his presence because of what he's done. And so after a few years, Absalom uh, tries to send messages to Joab. Joab was David's general. He wants Joab to go to David and intercede to let uh, David to bring me back into his presence. And Joab won't listen. Uh, he keeps, Ab- Absalom keeps getting the busy signal because Joab's taking his phone off the hook if they had phones back then. Uh, and, uh, and so, um, finally, he says, you know what I'm going to do? He says, Joab's field's right next to mine. I'm going to set his field on fire. So he has his servant set the field of Joab afire. And Joab comes to him. <laughs> and he says, what have you done? You've set my field afire. And uh, he says, well, you wouldn't answer when I called you, so I set your field afire. Sometimes I think God's people are like that. They're not answering. God's calling. They're not answering. For some, I think God's going to have to set the field of fire to get their attention. Something to consider. Um, so relationship problems are one thing. Uh, so recognizing God's discipline, how do you recognize it? Look for leanness of heart, physical sickness, financial struggles, lost blessings, relationship problems, national disease. 2 Samuel 24, verses 12 through 17 this is actually a discipline of David. David is, has taken a census of the people in disobedience to God's command. And he has become prideful. And uh, he gives David options of what, he can, he can, what discipline he's going to receive. Uh, and, uh, and, but th- this gives a summation of it. So the Lord sent a pestilence on Israel from the morning until the appointed time. And there died of the people from Dan to Beersheba. 70,000 men. National disease can be a discipline on the leaders of a country. I believe on the country as well. I think there was wickedness in Israel. God was killing two birds with one stone, so to speak. But uh, uh, national disease can be a discipline of God. It was the case for a number of times in Israel. Um, as America gets farther and farther and uh, away from God, isn't it interesting? We've got new diseases cropping up that are giving us trouble. Could be God's trying to get our attention as a country. So national disease. So recognizing God's discipline, how do you recognize God's discipline? Look for leanness of heart. Look for physical sickness. Look for financial struggles. Look for lost blessings. Look for relationship problems. Look for national disease. Look for removed protection. Removed protection. Uh, 1 Samuel 16, 14. The spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. Now, what that verse means is that in the Old Testament, the spirit of God would come upon a leader uh, for a reason, for a purpose, a king or a priest or a prophet to do the work of God. Well, well, Saul had been rebelling against God, so God removed the blessing of his spirit and he gave permission to the enemy 
to torment Saul. I believe for the purpose of repentance. Later on, uh, we see in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 5, 5, uh, they had a man in their church who was sleeping with his stepmother. That's a pretty serious sin. He was celebrating it in the church. And, and, and much like today, where, where perversion is celebrated in the culture, he was celebrating it in the church. And so Paul wrote a letter to him. He said, you deliver this man over to Satan so that his spirit may be saved in the day of Christ Jesus. Now, I'm not sure I know all of what that means, but at the very least, it means that there is some removed protection from his life. The enemy comes against him so that he will repent and once again get on the right path. Pretty serious stuff. Now, why does God do this? Does God do this because he's vindictive? No. God does this to get his people back on the right path. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. A number of years ago when I came to faith in Christ, I was on the wrong path. I was lost. I wasn't a believer like like we've been talking to believers today. But I was on the wrong path. And can I tell you something? When I surrendered my life to Christ, my life began. God gave me his joy. He gave me his peace within And I've never been the same. I have gotten away from God at times. But you know what that taught me? It taught me that what life is about, it's not about things. It's not about accomplishments. Life is about walking with God. (laughs) Nothing else comes close to that. Nothing else brings more joy and more satisfaction in life than that. So if we're not walking with him, we're missing what life is all about. So God in his love gets out his shepherd's stick. Some of us who are stubborn have got a good bigger stick, right? <laughs> you know? I, when Megan was little, I, you know, uh, spanking happened fairly often. But uh, one day I was, I was playing her, I thought, man, this is the toughest kid I ever saw. She had been stuffing toilet paper in her back pockets because she knew a spanking was going to come at some point during the day. <laughs> she would be ready, right? Uh, but, you know, God, God is, he, he gets our attention in different ways. Now, sometimes, as in the case with the deaths and these kinds of things, he's protecting his church. Right? Because there are ripple effects for sin. And if the ripple effects get to the point where the church is in danger, God will take care of the problem. He did that with Ananias and Sapphira, right? They're in the middle of a revival, and Ananias and Sapphira are lying to the Holy Spirit. That's probably not a sin that gets much press today. But God knew it would quench his spirit in the church, and the revival would stop. Both of them dropped dead serious business now we are to fear God but we're not to fear God as somebody who's out to get us because he's not he loves us but we do need to recognize that God is no pushover he's no fool he knows when we're trying to pull the wool over his eyes he sees everything that we're doing 
And if we persist on the wrong path, he will discipline us. He usually starts with a mild discipline, then increases the pressure, then increases the pressure until we come to a point of repentance. Um, you know, one of the concerns of my heart has been that, that somehow God's people, when they're disciplined, would miss it. I've wondered that at times. You know, people uh, who are away from God, and you wonder, and you see things happening in their life, and you think, of course, we don't know. We don't know. It may not be God's discipline. But you think, oh, you know, they're not following Christ. And I see all these things. Has it even occurred to this person that it might be discipline? And that has burdened my heart. And I've talked to God about that. And then God gave me this message. <laughs> how to recognize when you're disciplined by God. Okay, so you have been given some valuable information. Take these things to God in prayer. It may be discipline. It may not be discipline. But take it to God in prayer. And if there is an issue, confess that sin to God. Uh, ask God to give you a genuine heart of repentance. Get back on the right path. And I'm going to tell you, that discipline is going to clear right up. Because God doesn't discipline us to give us what we deserve. Christ took what we deserve. Amen? He died for my sin. He paid the debt that I owed. He bore the wrath of God in my place. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't get what I deserve. Discipline is for a purpose. It's to get us back on the right path so that we can partake in God's righteousness. Hebrews 12 says, Whom the Lord loves, he disciplines and chastises those he considers to be sons. And if you're not disciplined, you're not a child of God. That's what the scripture says. So uh, if you're being disciplined today, can I encourage you and just let you know that all of us have been there at one time or another? Okay? Don't stay there. Repent, confess that to God, repent of it. Come to this altar. If you need prayer, I'd be happy to pray for you. Uh, but, but don't allow that unaddressed sin to continue in your life because the pressure will just continue to rise in your life if you don't. And uh, it is my prayer that you live right in the middle of the joy of the Lord and the abundant life and all that God has for you on his path. Let's pray. Father, we, uh, we come before you, Lord. We are all sinners. Lord, we have all fallen short of your glory. But we thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ that makes a way for us into your presence. And uh, Lord, I pray for these who are gathered here today. If there's some who have been under some discipline in their lives, God, I pray that today would be the day they would confess their sin to God, uh, repent of it, and uh, uh, Lord, get back on the right path in living for you. Uh, Father, help us uh, not to persist in sin and, uh, and receive your discipline, but God, help us turn from sin and walk in the fullness of your blessing and of your favor. And Father, help us uh, uh, to...